0: Waveform Magazine is a free print publication that focuses on synthesizers and those who inhabit that world. Issue number one is due out in April 2019 and features interviews with Suzanne Chiani, Dave Smith, FolkTech, with articles written by DivKid, Abe from AI Synthesis, and more. There are also plenty of gear reviews, music reviews, and a shop talk section where we get to know about those who run our beloved synth shops. Sign up for your free subscription at www.waveformmagazine.com and follow them on Instagram.
1: pod non-bods. welcome to another episode today's show is brought to you by patchworks our lovely local synth shop here in seattle who focuses on community outreach um, building uh workshops so you can go in and, and get some help on your your diy projects and whatnot um they also have a great uh, web store for those of you not in seattle so go to patchworks.com that's p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s.com uh, and, and pick up some synth stuff. And, uh, when you do, let me know what you got. Uh, yeah. Patchworks.com. Today is a big one for me. We're talking to Julie and Jamie from Earthquaker Devices. Um, You've heard me talk about Earthquaker quite a bit in the past. Uh, The Afterneath and Transmissor have been in many of the demos from the last few episodes um, when I'm demoing the AI-006 stompbox adapter. So uh, yeah, and the Afterneath in particular has been a huge part of my creative process, um, even pre-modular. So yeah, pretty excited about that. So something I want to address really quick. Um, I'm still working out whether or not it was a misstep on my part. Um, I have a lot to say about it, but I have to figure out what it is exactly I want to say and how I feel about the whole situation. Because it seems to be a pretty intense uh, topic of conversation, and that is of... The, the clones of mutable stuff and uh, the ethics involved in that. There, there are some, some pretty loud people on each side of that argument. And uh, I, think, I think, yeah, I just have to think about it for a while. But I will say a, a conclusion that I have come to is I'm not going to do demos of any clones anymore. Um, there's no real reason for it. Um, But I'm also not gonna disassociate myself with anybody who has a clone or makes clones I mean, I have some and I'm gonna probably keep them Um, So yeah, I've got more to say on that I'm just gonna, you know, think about it for longer and uh, not spend too much time waxing and waning on it But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna do any more demos of clones and if I uh, offended you by doing so or, or Made you feel a certain way that was negative. I apologize and I hope that, uh, I hope that you can find it in your heart to forgive me. Thank you. Let's move on to something a little more lighthearted and a little more fun, and that is, of course, the Cool Kid Club. So if you aren't familiar with what the cool kid club is it's uh it's one of the donation tiers on patreon so if you want to be officially inducted go to patreoncom forward slash podular modcast and join the ranks of scott matoyer you're a cool kid john Weiss you're a cool kid user friendly you are officially a podmod cool kid um also gotta give a shout out to Nick santos thanks buddy i uh He's a fellow Seattle modularite, and uh, it's nice to see him out and about at events every once in a while. So yeah, there's some cool kids for you all to envy, and if you want to join them, check it out on patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. This is one of the weirdest things I think I've maybe ever said on the podcast, but I would like to extend an apology to Joe Walsh from the Eagles. Um, I didn't mean I think I maybe like I, I made like a joke about the guy who wrote um life's been good being into modular and uh, maybe maybe I don't know I I don't think he listens to the show in fact I would bet my life on the fact that he doesn't listen to the show but my catholic guilt got into me and uh if if for some crazy reason Joe you do listen to the show I am I'm sorry that I made that joke much love um we got some pod mod bods who have uh Some stuff they want me to tell you guys about in case you're living in similar areas. Um, So you can check out some events. So if you're in the Baltimore or Washington, D.C. area, there is going to be a modular meetup April 20th. Um, And it looks like it's at a place called Rhizome, R-H-I-Z-O-M-E. So yeah, that sounds like fun. If you're in the Baltimore area, April 20th, check that out. And if you have your own event that you would like me to tell other people about, or if you're just in a community and you can't find other modularites and you and you want me to help you connect them, let me know. I'll talk about talk about you on the show, and uh, maybe you can uh, form a little scene out there. And I don't know, South Dakota, North Dakota. Is anyone out there listening? North Dakota, hit me up. And just a few more things before we get into this talk. Um, help me. Help me reach out to Duncan Trussell on Twitter and Instagram and everything. Tell him to come on the show. He has said he wanted to to uh, a mutual fan. There's there's a really resilient mutual fan out there who's who's been working to get Duncan on the show, and he says he wants to. Um, but I know how busy he is, and he's got a lot of stuff going on. So, if you want to hear Duncan Trussell on the show, give him give him a shout out because I think we're close. I think we could, I think we could get Duncan Trussell on the Popular Modcast in 2019 but I need your guys' help. So let's make it happen. So this track that you've been uh, listening to under me rambling along here for the last few minutes is from uh, a pod mod bod named Cole Bratcher. Um, The project is called Untilled Sound. The album is Transit Maps Volume 1, and this track is called Chicago CTA. Um, Really cool stuff. I highly recommend it. Um, He gave me a little... A little blurb you'd like me to share with you about the album. This album is a series of sonic journeys based on transit maps from around the world. These pieces were created by transforming transit maps into musical data, then performing the data with virtual instrument and modular synthesis. It was mastered by Nathan Moody of Obsidian Sound, uh, who was a joy to work with. So that's nice to hear because Nathan is uh, a friend of the show and I am always trying to point people in his direction. So, yeah, if you want uh, if you want a good mastering job done, go to uh, obsidiansound.net and uh, mention that you heard about it here on the podcast and you'll get yourself a, uh, a little bit of a discount. Um, he also does uh, mix mix notes and he does mixing as well. Um, but the mastering seems to be the, the real sweet spot. Um, he's worked with R. Benny. He's worked with um, Duncan, or no Duncan, Donald Crunk, uh, Dark Sparkler, all, all of our Seattle friends. So yeah, check it out. Nathan Moody, uh, Obsidiansound.net. Also, really quick, want to shout out uh, there's a pod mod bod named Casey Luna, and uh, he has a new podcast called North Beats. N-O-R-T-H-B-E-A-T-S. Um and he thinks that if you like Podmod, that you'll dig his show as well. So alright. Just a few more things to get through and we'll be talking to Jamie and Julie from Earthquaker Devices. So I've also got some events I'd like to promote. Um, The first one is April 14th at Patchworks here in Seattle. It is a benefit for our friend Chloe. Her uh, youngest son has been fighting cancer for a while now, and he's had some ups and downs and some good breakthroughs and, um, if you know anybody who's dealt with it, you you know how it goes. It's it's a it's a real roller coaster ride, and uh, we're always thinking and wishing the best for. And uh, we're we're gonna have a, a benefit show at uh, yeah at Patchworks again April fourteenth. So uh, check that out. And if you uh, are not in the Seattle area and you're looking for ways to help, um, send me an email and I'll put you in uh, in the right channels to find a way to donate to Chloe and her family going through this rough patch. Um, on a lighter note, we've got uh, our friend R. Benny is playing a show with Suzanne Chiani on April 13th at the Mezzanine in San Francisco. So, that is uh, that's quite the show. Definitely would want to check that out. And okay, I think I've I've got all of the uh, the Catholic guilt apologies out of the way. And all of the stuff that uh, uh, I wanted to share from uh, the PodModBods, and uh, we're going to we're going to do a quick demo, and we're going to get right into our talk with uh, Earthquaker Devices. Okay, let's look at the Pittsburgh Modular Microvolt 3900. Um, it is a analog, semi-modular, desktop synth. Um, it's super fun. It's got its, uh, its own its own uh, signal chain that can come out to a dedicated output where it blends all four of the waveforms uh, through a filter, dynamic VCA, envelope generator, function generator, and uh, an LFO. And uh, lots, lots of fun there, but you can also break it out and use each one of those pieces. Uh, with other modules or self-patch it, I'm going to do a little bit of both. So right now I have the fold output going into the filter and then I'm controlling the filter frequency with an LFO from Ornament and Crime. I'm taking that output from the filter and putting it into the VCA, which is being controlled by its own function generator, but I'm triggering the function generator with a shuffling clock multiplier from 4MS. Um, and then I'm controlling the timbre of the fold uh, wave with uh, channel 4 from Maths. And I think that about sums up what I've got going right now in the microvolt. It's a lot to follow when I just explain it without you seeing it, so let's just take a listen and see what that sounds like. Sequence coming in from the voltage block. And uh, what's fun is that the frequency and resonance of this filter have beautiful sliders, so let's mess with that a little bit. So, you can use those to change the way the uh, CD is interacting with it. And then the same thing with the uh, fold timbre. So, let's mess with that a little bit. So, that's pretty fun. Um, Now, let's. uh, So, I've got this, the output from from the microvolt going into the mute from the Div kid. um and then I've got that signal split and I'm going to bring it into uh, a bad comrade and a cutting room floor from recovery effects. So let's take a listen to that bad comrade first. Uh, it's like a glitchy delay fuzz and I've got the delay and glitch all the way down so we'll just get some of this fuzz now let's mess with these delay and glitch parameters a little bit Got a lovely freeze knob on it. Let's take the uh, original signal out. Just hear the bad, Conrad, and check out this freeze knob. You can see this thing gets pretty wild. Um, it has CV control as well, so let's plug an LFO from the Schlappy Engineering Angle Grinder into it. Mess with the LFO time. And the freeze knob is a lot of fun with the uh, with when you're using the CV control, so I'm going to hit the freeze knob and then I'm going to mess with that LFO time. bring the original signal back in, and we'll take the bad comrade out for now now let's see what this uh, this microvolt sounds like going through the cutting room floor from recovery effects something um that's really cool about the cutting room floor is it has like a natural overdrive that gives it kind of a lo-fi sound due to the nature of the i believe it's the pt2399 chip that's in it um however i found out if you bring the signal that you're going to feed into it through an attenuator first and back that back that down you can actually get a nice clean sound out of it so let's check Check that up.
0: Messing with the delay time manually. Let's take the
1: original microvolt signal out and just listen to the cutting room floor. And now watch, I'm going to bring that attenuator up to show you the overdrive that this thing can produce. So nice lo-fi sound. Um, It also has this flutter and wow section on it, which really makes this pretty funky. So let's turn those up. And then mess with the delay time, which those up. Also has a freeze knob. And messing with the delay knob while holding the freeze button is pretty fun. And uh, the freeze knob, let's bring these flutter and wow parameters down and check out that freeze knob with just the delay. Okay, and then also CB controllable, so let's plug uh, another LFO from the Schlappy Engineering Ink Grinder into it. (laughs) Now we'll mess with the uh, LFO time. And let's bring the flutter and wow up again with the LFO controlling that CV, and let's bring the bad comrade back into the mix with the LFO also controlling the CV. Hit both freeze knobs at once. That's with the LFO time. And bring the original signal in. And remove the CD from the bad comrade and cut it in the floor. So go check out Pittsburgh Modular um online and, and there's a bunch of cool videos in the microvolt uh one in particular where where Richard from Pittsburgh really breaks it down and explains what it is um very cool synth and uh, check out cutting room floor and bad comrade from recovery effects they're also got some new stuff coming out pretty soon so keep an eye on that and uh, let's give a shout out to the angle grinder from Shlappy engineering and the mutes from uh from Divkid. okay now i'm recording we're good well i want to thank you guys i know how busy you are well I have an idea of how busy you are. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Um, and right off the bat, did you guys just have, do you guys have the same birthday?
2: Yeah. We or have the same birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 1st. Yeah. <laughs> Happy
1: birthday. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. I, uh, I just had mine in early February and that's why I was down in New Orleans. So it was, it was a nice little vacation.
2: Nice. Um,
3: Happy birthday. I, thank you.
1: Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm now officially in my mid thirties. It's it's weird.
3: <laughs> I'm nearing my <laughs> mid forties. Oh.
1: I hear that's when you like start really becoming comfortable with yourself. I'm I'm hoping that's true because I could I can handle five more years of, of my insecurity and self loathing. <laughs> but
3: uh, I'm in the prime
2: I, of my life. I don't know about you guys, but Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm forty three. I think I'm still there. 42 i'm 42 jeez i have no idea how old i am ever <laughs> after a 30 i don't give a shit yeah i i kind of had to yeah have to do the math and think about it for a while
1: um but i yeah it's this is uh it's an honor to have you guys on i just i was introduced to you guys through uh greg markle of recovery effects he suggested the afterneath and i fell in love with it but i was I was poor at the time, so I couldn't afford to buy any pedals. Um, and then my uh, my wife, for my her, the first Christmas gift she ever gave me was an afterneath. And um, I'm one of those people who I get gear and I get rid of gear. I trade, you know, so <laughs> mm-hmm. something stays in my possession. Maybe less than a year a lot of the time, but I still have that same afterneath. It has not left my rig. It is It is an essential, so... Yeah, it's pretty cool, awesome. pretty. cool to be talking to you guys. Yeah, thank you.
2: What a wonderful wife.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's the best. <laughs> she also lets me uh, record these at the uh, at the dinner table while she puzzles. So nice. Yeah, she's pretty nice. <laughs> so, I don't. I. I don't want to have to have you guys tell the same story that you've told a million times of how the company got uh started but Thank I also you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping to introduce you guys to people who maybe uh aren't too familiar from the from the synth side because I've been really trying to push the whole using uh, effects pedals with the modular mm-hmm. and I think uh I think you guys would be well your stuff would be well suited for this. I mean, I'm using the transmitter and afterneath on just about every patch nowadays. Um but maybe we could just get to know you guys each as individuals. You could tell, you know, pretty much whatever you want your story to be of of who you are and and kind of how you guys came together and and formed the company. But maybe a little more personal than the the standard asking, you know, the standard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you guys start Earthquaker?
0: You know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it was fate. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little wizard <laughs> came to our door. <laughs> and, <laughs> Told me to fix a DOD 250. I can't <laughs> stop telling the story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Julie start. Explain okay. your background.
2: Um. <clears throat> so, let's see. We've been together a long time. Yeah. We started dating New Year's Eve 1999. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And um Maybe we
1: should tell that story. <laughs> yeah, that's... That,
2: Did you guys have a bunch of, uh, (laughs) did you have a go bag ready for Y2K? You know, um, I was not concerned about Y2K, but (laughs) I apparently freaked out one of my roommates pretty bad where she was like bunkered down. (laughs) But I was just joking and trying to blow off homework. But um, (laughs) yeah, Jamie and I, we had met maybe a year or so before. Mm -hmm. My best friend was dating um, the singer in his band. But I was like a young single mom. I kind of didn't really think um, I was uh, Jamie Stillman material. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a little too complicated. (laughs) But um, yeah, we had um, definitely like a, an intense attraction to each other. But it wasn't until New Year's of Mm -hmm. 1999, January 1st, 2000, that we actually started dating. Mm -hmm. Okay. But he was um touring all the time, playing in bands um had donut friends records, and I thought all that was really cool and kind of our yeah. first uh business uh venture it wasn't together it was separate, but we did a lot of stuff together mm-hmm. um is that I started booking bands or booking tours for the bands that he played in and bands on his record label and things like that. You make my website, mm-hmm. <laughs> lay out my flyers for me, yep. <laughs> and I'd take care of the details for his punk rock shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, fast forward a few years, um, Jamie starts noodling around with some pedals. I was working at a bank. Um, all of a sudden, uh. all these boxes start showing up at the house from a place <laughs> called Small Bear. And I'm like, what is the mm-hmm. small bear and why does he mail you something every day <laughs> um and it was really fascinating to me because Jamie taught himself everything he like That's read crazy. everything looked at everything taught himself everything and i was like had no idea what any of this stuff was <laughs> but he'd kind of rope me into helping him out when i get home so he'd have me assemble pedals and do all his taxes <laughs>
3: Yeah. We went on like that 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 for a while. Yeah, I do remember. I think the year right before Julie officially started working for Earthquaker Devices, she was like, You can do your own taxes this year. And then I tried to do it and was like, yeah, this sucks. I don't know how to do this. I'm not built for this thing.
2: Oh, that's cute. I tried to quit once.
3: Well, you didn't try to quit. I think you were just had enough of like whatever nonsense I was doing. Handing (laughs) you Excel files and weird receipts that didn't add up to anything. You know, I I, I think I like flipped out. I remember going to some building downtown Akron, probably the only time I've ever been in that, like, help me. And they're all staring at me like I was crazy.
2: That's great. Did you go to the IRS office? It might have been That's the great. IRS office. <laughs> My wife won't do this. Uh, so you guys, you guys
1: learned how to work together before before Earthquaker came into with the 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 tour booking and and all that stuff. Yeah,
2: like. a little bit. I mm-hmm. feel like we've always been a little bit of go getters. You know, not yeah. not quite content to sit on our duffs and let it all happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine you can get to the, to the level of success you guys have with Earthquaker if, if you weren't go-getters and super driven. Um, yeah, I, I, had some, I had something to go on with that, but I'll, I'll wait until <laughs> later. I, I want to I wanna definitely finish this story. So, so you guys have your, your go-bag
3: ready, and you're ready for all yeah. the computers to crash. <laughs> yeah, to bury ourselves in the desert until 2010 or whatever, whenever it was safe to come out. <laughs> uh, yeah, where were we?
2: Yeah, where were we? Uh, you tell it. Me?
3: Okay. Uh, where should I start from? You want me to start from I the really beginning? Really, wherever you want. You want if
1: you could start from childhood when you first picked up a guitar. Okay,
3: I, I like to hear those kind of stories so. too. So, <laughs> uh, so we left off at I think 2008-ish. <laughs> I think that's where we left off. Uh well prior okay I'll go back to the beginning, <laughs> prior to uh, building pedals I played drums in a, like a punk rock band called Harriet the Spy, and then guitar in a band called The Party of Helicopters, and we toured all the time playing like stupid places like Bonanza steakhouses, fourteen year olds <laughs> birthday parties in North Dakota and stuff like that, <laughs> and uh, yeah we did that forever. Party of Helicopters probably I mean we we did that for like eight years until uh, Julie came on a tour with us one time. I was like, "Uh, this is how you do it. I
2: was like, why are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) this? (laughs) I was like,
3: I think I can do that better. And she could. And uh, that's how she started musical adventures or booking agency. Um, Okay. So for me, eventually a party of helicopters broke up And I spent a year selling all my stuff on eBay. (laughs) And then uh, Julie had read a story in the newspaper about somebody who made a million dollars selling old spoons in Akron. And uh, we purchased like a box of old like tarnished silverware from an estate sale. And she brought it home and cleaned it. And I put it up on eBay. And that that changed my life for like a year. (laughs) I became an expert in flatware. And I would drive around all week to every like <laughs> estate sale and thrift store finding old <laughs> silverware. And I'd take it home. And Julia would come home from the bank and clean it in our kitchen.
2: I am so good at cleaning tarnished silverware. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and uh, I was putting that up on eBay, like, you know, one fork at a time. <laughs> and Jelly
2: qu- spoon by jelly spoon. Yeah.
3: <laughs> quite honestly, making a killing. Selling wow. silverware, it was kind of blowing my mind. Like, I just kind of, especially around holidays, I feel like people were like, you know what? I could never serve Thanksgiving without a full set of berry spoons. <laughs> and then, you know, they buy one for $50 or whatever. And then that well ran dry uh-huh. uh, just out of nowhere. But it lined up with uh, a kind of awesome graphic de- design job falling in my lap and okay. uh I did that for a couple years, and while doing that, um we had our first kid together, Sylvia. oh, okay <laughs> and uh that was right around the time where uh I started learning how to build pedals um I was at home doing graphic design, hanging out with Sylvia, and then anytime I had, uh, time I had free time, it was like hanging out on forums like d i y stomp boxes and Sites like General Guitar Gadgets and stuff like that, trying to learn as much as I could, and then I started building pedals for friends. It was around two thousand five, and uh, yeah, you
2: did everything so you were kind like of like um,
1: right, right. Uh, I mean, not only do you, do you make great stuff, but you're kind of right, right place, right time as far as like yeah. The, the blow-up of the boutique thing. Yeah. I mean, you may have even been kind of, you know, partially responsible for that. I,
3: I think maybe, like, a couple years ahead of every guitar player with a soldering iron is now a pedal company. Uh, <laughs> just, like, two years ahead of that. Uh, and, uh-huh. you know, quite honestly, when I started making pedals, I didn't really realize that it, it was a thing. Like, you know, I, was, I heard about full tone or whatever, but I didn't know mm-hmm. about, like, a lot, like, you know, Death by Audio and dam and stuff like that. And I started finding out about that like when I was like, you know, just hoping to sell a pedal on eBay. Like I didn't realize it was such a community or there was yeah. other people doing those kinds of things for like the first year that I was doing it. Um Yeah. That's crazy.
1: I was I just uh the last episode I just released actually was uh Richard from Pittsburgh Modular, which is one of the uh, oh, kind yeah. of yeah kind of a an OG Eurorat company. Um and his whole thing he was like i'm going to build he he just built this one module and he ended up building actually just two of them and uh he thought maybe i could sell 3 a month and then that'll allow me to buy a module a month yeah. and then two places ordered 50 like in a day and he oh, had wow. only built two so
3: he had to build 100 and then that was this history yeah, has uh, been Pittsburgh Modular since. So. How you accidentally start a company. I remember having <laughs> thoughts like that. And I mean, even when like Earthquaker was becoming, you know, like I was selling more than a couple pedals a week, I would always think about things in terms of how many hoofs it cost. Like uh-huh. we'd go on vacation and be like, that's like 20 hoofs. got to sell 20 hoofs. And then... Because it was like extra money at the time, and like whatever left over goes back into the company. Uh huh. And you know, <laughs> you know, that's how I think. That's how I would think about the stuff. <laughs> so, so you set
1: you set out to just kind of you know, just just make stuff that you wanted and you were interested, and mm-hmm. it, it kind of snowballed from there. And Julie, did you have a, a big part of, of? I feel like you're the business end, and and, and Jamie's the the mad scientist and, and like both of your skills together is really like, uh, what makes earthquake or what it is. So when, how much influence did, did you have Julie on, on really pushing it to the next level?
2: Well, <clears throat> when I had another job, I wasn't super involved, um, mm-hmm. like on a day to day basis. Um, but of course he would talk to me about everything, Add yeah. nausea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you and, and my life so, would get along. Yeah. She's tired of um, so I was always aware of what was going on, and he was talking through a lot of things with me. But I think, you know, he went so hard for so long, kind of on his own, that he was mm-hmm. getting um, kind of burnt out. Like I remember when I started stepping in on the day to day. He's like, yeah, we we really only ship once a week. Um, and I'm like, why? And he's like, well, I'm sick of shipping. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll ship every day yeah. now <laughs> and stuff like that. But um, I was really impressed with how he was able to do everything. I mean, we, I think coming from kind of like a punk rock background, mm-hmm. it, it's different than coming from like a – corporate background where you're always trying to find kind of the easiest course to where you're trying to go, but um <clears throat> so we're not trying to put like extra crap in there where there doesn't need to be anything. Uh-huh. But um yeah, I just remember being like totally impressed with how he was able to figure all this stuff out and I thought the artwork looked great and everything like that and everybody who was playing him was talking about how cool they were. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That was awesome, but yeah, I remember when I came in, you know, I really wanted to make things, like, kind of get everything set up, so as we added more people, we had a structure in place, and when we were leaving my job at the bank, we were leaving our health insurance behind, Um, and that was something I was super nervous about, but so we got health insurance set up for employees, and um, got everything sort of structured, so it would work out for future growth. But it's kind of crazy because there's, you know, like 12 people that do what we did by ourselves, like seven years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that seems crazy. It, it really does. Um, <laughs> so were you doing the booking agency, working at the bank and then stepping in and like moon, moonlighting with, with the, the business end of Earthquaker
2: then? Yeah. So I, I stopped booking when I started working for the bank Okay. And um, I worked there about nine years, mm-hmm. I think, when I left. And so the Earthquaker was going on in the background almost that whole time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So.
1: Was there Was there a moment? Because I feel like with starting something like this, um, I feel like if I if I was to start my own company, there there would be always kind of this fear of like, you know. This is just this is just going on for now, but I can't I can't plan on it. Was, yeah. was there ever a moment <laughs> I where you guys
3: still feel that way? Like in <laughs> okay. the like even though I know it's like totally solid and like Julie uh-huh. is a wizard and we have awesome people who work for us. Like there's always because I, for better or worse, I'm like you know a pessimistic person <laughs> by nature. Uh-huh. I I just am always like thinking of the worst case scenario and like my worst case scenario now like we got a forklift and now i just like imagine me in the basement like building 12 hoofs a week to put on reverb with a forklift in the background like (laughs) one of our warehouses shelves left and like (laughs) shit uh you know but i know it's never gonna happen you know what i mean i mean we both like have i think too much drive (laughs) to like for it to ever go go that way um
2: Anything could happen, though. but you know,
3: anything could happen. You know, <laughs> tomorrow, like everyone could be like, you know what, guitar pedals, fuck them, yeah. <laughs> and then we're like, but that's all we make. There's uh, <laughs> uh, some pretty good hats and, and pins and, and uh, sweatshirts. So, yeah, you know. that is true. We could we could <laughs> do that. I also think they're like, I mean, we at this point we'd be like a really excellent like media company. With the collection yeah. of people that we have, so maybe it'll go the, that way too. Who knows?
1: That pyra- the pyramids marketing campaign you guys did—I think it was like last summer. Mm-hmm. Th- that was that was pretty entertaining. Was, you guys had me cracking up. Thank um, you. <laughs> so yeah, you guys definitely have like all of those those things locked down, like the good design. And, and so, are, Jamie, do you do the graphic design for all the pedals still, or did no? You start
3: I used to, um, but I think it was around 2012 right that's what yeah we had uh matt horack does all the illustrations on uh pretty much most of the pedals nowadays and okay. uh he started he's you know he's a comic book artist and he's always wanted to be one professionally but he was working at earthquaker doing shipping then he asked to do a pedal and the first one he did was the depths and you know everyone was kind of uh-huh. blown away by it and i was like okay do you want to do that from now on because i'm not an illustrator <laughs> i'm a designer like i work well if you hand me all the parts and then i can make it look good so uh, like we've been that team for a long time now. You know, he, okay. he gives me the stuff and I I put it all together. Um, lately, I've done a couple of the recent ones, but it's really obvious. Like Swiss things, there's no pictures of it. <laughs> so I did that, and then me and him split data corruptor, and you know, mine is just all the, like the geometric parts of it. Um, but then we have like an in-house graphic designer, Jeff Crow, and he does kind of all the day-to-day like ad layout and t-shirts and he makes like me all that. my powerpoint yeah all the powerpoints and like you know he's our full-time graphic designer okay mm-hmm. and you guys actually like do you,
1: I, I thought i saw maybe on like maybe a dave hill uh instagram mm-hmm. takeover i love dave hill by the way yeah um, me too do you guys you guys like um do you screen print your own enclosures at the shop as well is that it's what I a saw?
2: Or, it's a UV printer. That,
1: I don't know. I, somebody was doing something with enclosures there, and I was surprised yeah. that you guys did it in house.
2: Yeah, it's a UV printer. We have two of them. Okay. And uh, it's really nice. It makes a really durable uh, finish.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like a laser printer for mm-hmm. enclosures. Okay. Yeah, my after like I have
1: I just got the transmitter, and when I set it next to the afterneath, they both they both look like they're the same age, but the my afterneath is almost you know. F- four or five years old so Mm -hmm. um definitely is is solid and holds on yeah
3: you can sometimes you can strip the powder coat off of that and the uh graphics will stay on okay yeah it's it's very
1: durable Mm -hmm. and i want to i wanted to give you a compliment i think the the pyramids i'm a sucker for purple so like that kind of weird color scheme you did on that uh (laughs) <laughs> I very much dig it. I was surprised you guys did a flanger, but it's, it seems like a pretty interesting and not just a s- standard flanger.
3: Right, yeah. There's, I mean, that was kind of the goal. It's like, you know, it's such a, I don't know, it's, I guess, an underused effect. There aren't a lot of people using flange, but mm-hmm. it was a thing that we would get requests for all the time. Like, when are you going to make a flanger? When are you going to make a wall? Which ones are Tube Screamer? three <laughs> questions we get <laughs> asked a lot yeah. and uh you know it finally came time to make one and i kind of wanted to go over the top with it but that's probably the longest that i personally ever spent working on a pedal okay you know it's like two years uh and, you know the i guess i the concept is mine but it was all it's all dsp and we have a really brilliant dsp engineer that i work with to do that so it's just like a lot of me and him sitting there and like just listening to flanger through computer speakers for years. <laughs> two, two well, that, years.
1: That brings up a question that I have. Uh, I rarely write anything down, but I, I had to for today. Um, from conceptualization to release, what what what's that what's that process like, and what's like a general time frame? And then how do you how do you uh how do you both kind of work together on that whole thing from the inception of the idea of pyramids to the to the release
3: um okay, in the case of pyramids, that was a lot more pre planned so it was like we're gonna make a flanger here's the ideas for the flanger, so I'll write it all down and you know this this that one there's a couple ways that this works, but this is uh the least common i guess um you know I'll cut write the concept out. And then I worked with a DSP engineer to, to do that. So how that would work is I would give him these ideas and he'd come up with like a rough sketch of here's how this could work. And we kind of go back and forth on it. And, you know, I would go out to his place and sit next to him and he'd punch in his numbers And then, uh, you know, (laughs) we sit and just try to get it right, get each program right, and like kind of find like all the nuances of all the flangers that I really like, like the ADA flanger or this, uh, I I think it was a Gaia tone and we have this old Ibanez. You know, you kind of listen to those and take elements of each one that you like a lot and kind of try to get the overall sound in with that. Um, And, you know, that particular one took a really long time. We thought it was done a year in and then after like sitting with it for two months was like, nah, this isn't ready yet and kind of went back at it for another year. So I know personally a pedal is done for me when I can just play it for hours and I don't really want to change anything. Like I'm not, I'm no longer hearing things that annoy me or, uh, I'm thinking like, oh, you know, this could be a little bit better. Like, I'm just playing guitar. That's how I know when the pedal is done. Okay. It's not done that's for me. That's how I kind of feel like right. Right. and and that, something. And that is where it becomes a real job for everybody else. <laughs> <Okay>. um,
2: <laughs> it's that. The pedal's not done for me until it's like, in the artwork, it's going to be print, you know, used in, and the manual is written And there's a name, everything, all that stuff needs to be done. Uh Uh-huh. Then I can kind of take it from there. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, That makes sense. And so, so you kind of are, then do you kind of focus on, on the marketing aspect of it or?
2: Well, um, I do like brainstorming with our marketing team, but our marketing team really handles all the nuts and bolts of that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they take one of my ideas and run with it or, but more typically it's more of a collaboration, but, um, yeah, just sort of trying to make sure every area is doing what it needs to do to get it out, um, in the best way. Yeah. So getting, getting the parts in at the right time, getting it in production at the right time, getting it chipped at the right time, Mm -hmm. um, making sure everybody knows about it. Figuring yeah. all that side of things out. Well, there's a
3: huge lead time, too, from the time where it's done and uh, the time that it actually comes out. And there's mm-hmm. a ton of people involved in that like process. Um, but, you know, Julie is the one who gets them all together on the same page. And me, I quite honestly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try to. Yeah, it, so- it sounds like you, you've got the ideas.
1: You just need to kind of, like, you know, keep... You need somebody to kind of keep you in the rail. So it's, that's the that's
3: Julie's job. Yeah,
1: <laughs> bring you back in, kind of herd you back in. Come on. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> <I, I just laughs>
3: certainly safe to say. I mean, I am like like Julie said. It's not done for her until like the art and the manual is done. And like that is true. Like I stop at that point always. Uh huh. <laughs> like no matter how hard I try, I'm like, oh, the circuit's done and it fits in the enclosure. Like all my engineering stuff is worked, and then mm-hmm. I'm like. Next, Oh, well, we we gotta do all this other stuff. <laughs> and like, that's like always like where I guess, I don't know what it is. ADD or something like kicks in for me where I'm like, what's the next thing? Um, uh, but yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Like when I'm, when I'm done
1: like mixing my own album, that's when I start dragging my feet of like, okay, now I got to get artwork and I got to maybe, you know, find somebody to master it. And Oh man, now I got to, if I'm going to do cassettes, I got, I don't have Photoshop. And then it just kind of sits finished for a long time because I just want to start making the next record. So, yeah, I think I I can, I can, uh, I can understand where you're coming from there. Mm -hmm. So do you like, I imagine just like the whole, the whole nuts and bolts of just releasing something has to be, something you have to be pretty strategic about. I mean, do you try to release things with like in tandem with like uh you know certain artist releases if you have like like somebody like a Nels Klein or or do you try to do it maybe more around like Nam um, or, or stuff like we're that. We kinda try or?
2: and just spread it out throughout the year. I mean okay. definitely wanna Nam's such a big deal it would be silly to do it without coming with a new pedal. Mm-hmm. Um and then otherwise we try and spread it out throughout the year um, so that it's not um, hitting at a time that there's too much other stuff going on, or or things yeah. like that. Um, I don't know. Every time we do it, we kind of look back and say, "What did we do, and how will we do it differently next time?" And sometimes we're, you know, taking things from a previous release we definitely want to do, and other times we're like, uh, "I think this was this could go smoother if we did it this way." And you know, I don't think that that's I don't, I don't, I'm not sure it's many things that anybody would see. I think a lot of it is behind the scenes. Cause mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think a lot about like, not just how it's doing, but how it feels for everybody that's doing it. And if it feels crazy and it sucks, then that's not good. <laughs> I don't care yeah, how you know. many pedals we sold. So <laughs> I'm always trying to figure out how to make that part better.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I, you know, we've grown pretty a lot every year, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. And like, somehow, Julie's like always ahead of the curve, like thinking about like how all this stuff will work down the line. Where I don't think, I mean, even me included, like, I don't really, like, none of us really have that vision a lot of times. Like, here, like, this is what this release is going to do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we need to be ready for the next thing that we do um and I think it's a kind of a thing like a lot of people look at earthquake from the outside as being like uh you grew so fast, it's crazy or whatever like that, but you know it's I feel like it's been very controlled, or else Julie kind of makes it look very controlled from <laughs> the inside <laughs> um but there's a lot of like forward thinking on all of that stuff um mm-hmm. which you know. I don't know anybody else like Julie who can think that way really and like remain calm through most of it. (laughs) Yeah. That's where, that's where I would, I would go off the rails. Yeah. The whole, I go off the rail. Like the first time there's like a problem, like, Oh my God. And then it's like, well, what are you freaking out about? I'm like, all this stuff. I'm like, nah, don't worry about it. (laughs) And then like, you know, she'll always have an answer for it. And you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. So,
1: I got, I, I've got uh, two, two questions, and they're kind of uh, 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 an A and B question for both of you guys. And they're, they're kind of canned, but I'm, I'm still interested, and I think the, the audience would be he- happy to hear. Um, so I want to know what your biggest challenge is that you face kind of just in general in your role at Earthquaker, and then maybe what's the most rewarding aspect, whether or not that's an actual thing that's happened or just kind of a feeling that you get out of it.
2: You want me to go first? You go first. <clears throat> hmm. So um my biggest challenge, I think, is just not enough hours in the day to do everything that needs to be done. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, you know, feeling you know, like right now I can think of like six emails from a month ago that I still haven't <laughs> responded to that I really want to and I will one day. Uh Um, that's very challenging. It's also, you know, um, difficult to know everything about everything that's going on. So (laughs) it's very helpful when I have people that I can trust to own their, their little corner of the operation. Um, I think what's the most rewarding to me, well, I really like, um, making jobs for people that they yeah. at least pretend to me that they really enjoy.
1: <laughs> I can see right. from what I can gather just by looking at your
2: guys's Instagram page.
1: It looks like you have a really, uh, really fun and healthy workplace and all the birthday parties and cakes and stuff. It looks it looks <laughs> like you guys are running a good ship.
2: I mean, they're a little sick of cake, but, um, <laughs> Yeah. They love it. Um, even if they are a little monotone about it, I understand. <laughs> it's hard to get excited about work. But no, um, I really like that about it. I mean, a lot of our employees have had families and bought houses and take so much care and pride in what they do. And that's really cool to me. I'm not sure like, what part of this is my favorite I don't know. I feel like I do a lot of stuff that nobody else can or wants to do. So kind of like all the garbage. (laughs) But But I'm happy. Out of doing the things. Well, I guess I feel fine about it. Uh Um, You know, it is a lot of pain in the butt stuff, (laughs) but it's fine. It's great. I'm glad I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's it for me. What about you, Jamie?
3: <laughs> uh, what was the first question again? <laughs> biggest challenge. Biggest challenge. Uh, it depends. I think for me, um, when uh, he gets a pedal
2: almost done and it won't stop clipping, and then he has to throw it in the trash.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> that's like from the design side of things. It's always like right at the tail end, like. You know, there's always something that doesn't work the way it did on the breadboard. And like over the years I've gotten really quick and good at figuring that out and I feel like when I can't, it does kind of just go in the not in the garbage, but in the redo bin. Uh, forever. Sometimes forever. Um It kind of you know, I I think my biggest challenge is like I know understanding like what is going on. Like Julie said, I I really like, like sometimes I have my, I'm kind of like in my own world with that stuff. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh wait, what's, what's happening? And then, you know, I get confused easily. Uh, I think your biggest
2: challenge is that you have to be creative all the time and that's hard to be creative all the time.
3: Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm looking for. Like with with those two things together, like finishing stuff. And also, like knowing what's going on, I guess, in general, like being creative, I think that's mm. what that kind of boils down to um when I need to be because it always doesn't really work that way right. um, yeah. and uh for me i you know, I really like when a pedal comes together and it's like all there in a box in like it all like whatever thought I had about it, and then like you know a lot of times i'll pass some things on to other people and they all kind of magically fit together and it you know it becomes a thing and then it uh-huh. goes out into the world and you get to see people you know show you how to work the thing that you made uh <laughs> and do things that like you know i wouldn't think of uh, you know i think that that, is, that, that that's cool um I heard yeah. a lot of modular manufacturers say
1: the same thing. This is what they re- they really like getting their 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 module out there and then have have them have somebody else using it and just show them like oh shit I never would have known that the thing that I made could do that um, <laughs> right, <laughs> which seems pretty cool yeah. So as far as the creativity part of it goes, um, like you guys, it seems like you try to release what like two or three new things a year or more or.
2: We used to do way more, and now yeah. now we're just doing, yeah, two, three, four a year. Okay.
1: So do you, is it like, I have an idea, let's make it, or I need an idea, I need to figure out what I'm going to do?
3: Uh, we have yet to really be in the boat of, we need a product. Um, yeah. But we have been in the boat of, like, we planned for a release at this time, and the things that I was working on just didn't end up the way I thought they would. Like uh-huh. I, I was overly confident. And then, uh, you know, you just have to like quickly restructure, I guess, rethink your plan. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if Has quickly it. is the word for it, but <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't
2: say it. it happens quickly, but, yeah. uh,
3: that's happened, I mean, recently really. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think, I don't feel like I've, I've got a shortage of ideas at all, uh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering, like, how
1: is it? Is it? Hey, we we could use this in our in our line, or hey, I want to build this. Like, uh, maybe one day you yeah. just wake up and you are like, I want a chorus pedal. I got to build a chorus. Pedal. <laughs> maybe,
2: maybe a little of both. Yeah. But um, again, like Jamie isn't gonna work. Like, I couldn't be. I couldn't ever tell him what to build. It would never work like that. Never. 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 Mm. Um, and in fact, I feel like when people tell him to do something, that's the fastest way to get him not to do it. Uh, <laughs> he has to be inspired that's and want to do it. Thing. Yeah, definitely. But I totally trust him when it comes to whatever he wants to build. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I feel like everybody there feels the same way, but that's probably a lot of pressure <laughs> on you. Right, Jamie? What? That everybody, you have to think of everything and make everything? Mm. Is that your biggest problem? No, you're doing great. You're really good at it.
3: (laughs) You're really good at it. I can't tell if you're being serious or not. (laughs) I'm being very serious. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, there's a lot of people who work at Earthquake or two who do have really great ideas. And they will interject sometimes. Sometimes they're too late in their interjection. And quite honestly, that would be my fault because uh-huh. I was like, this is the thing I want to make and then it's done and nobody, it's kind of made in a bubble, my bubble and then it uh-huh. goes out to people and they're like, oh, that would be cool if you did this and I'm like, yeah, well, this is a thing now. <laughs> so like, we've been getting better at uh, you know making a lot of prototypes and sending them around the shop for people to play through and things like that um, and then, uh, God, I forgot what question I was answering. The, the, uh, <laughs> I kind of forgot. Oh, I guess just, um, you know, how do
1: you decide oh, like, just to focus like focus on?
3: Like, like, yeah, focus on things like just uh, pressure of designing stuff. I felt like that, I guess, I think in the past where it's like, man, it, like all the people who work here in one way or the other, <laughs> their, their livelihood is dependent on my ridiculous reverb idea with a stupid resonant filter in it. Like, I really <laughs> hope this works out. But, you know, it's not just the pedal. In the end of the day I mean I think everyone at Earthquaker has done a really great job at owning their place in the company Mm -hmm. and like you can totally rely on them like no one's ever gonna let something really fall short ever with that so okay that kind of alleviates that thought a lot of times
1: yeah so on on the the note of you know types of effects and everything like you guys have some some pretty unique and uh, kind of uh, I guess not exploratory what's it, experimental you know the most extreme example I could think of is like the rainbow machine but then you've got like the Arpenoid and the organizer and the, mm-hmm. the, the the spatial delivery and all that so like but then you've got you know your standard fuzzes so you kind of you're covering a pretty wide range and <clears throat> I guess. I'm trying to think of a way I can talk about like, this is a, a modular, a modular synthesis <laughs> podcast. Like, right? it seems like the modular thing right now is kind of like in the state that the boutique pedal thing was in, um, you know, five or six years ago, it's kind of, it's getting bigger and bigger and more popular. And it's, it's got kind of the same, same sort of, um, mm-hmm. uh, fervor, I guess. Our, yeah. Uh, have you been keeping your finger on the pulse of that at all? And, and, and is that kind of leaking into your brain of like what kind
3: of effects to make? Personally, huh. me, uh, no, not really. I mean, uh-huh. I kind of have like a like a loose knowledge, uh, like extremely loose knowledge. But our entire like customer service office mm-hmm. have been deep in that world for like, I mean, each one of them, like probably over 10 years. Like, okay. The mm-hmm. whole office not i'm not exaggerating when I say that, yeah, and like you know, like Ben has been in it for forever, like i don 't know how long he's been in it, like it see, it feels like forever, mm-hmm. and like they 're so knowledgeable with that kind of stuff, and they're the ones like you know they have a lot of ideas when it comes mm-hmm. to like pedal like designs and things like that, yeah, they mm-hmm. tell me okay.
2: they tell me about all the modular stuff
3: <laughs> I have a question for you as as a pedal
1: builder with expression with expression ins mm-hmm. I am very tempted to send some controlled voltage mm-hmm. through those but I'm also afraid it might blow it up so I haven't done that in my transmitter and I figured I could look it up but I've heard a lot of different different answers so I thought you know I'll just ask Jamie when I get yeah. him on the on the show can I use the expression in on my transmitter with like an LFO Yeah so you like can
3: attenuate you, it first You can but you got to attenuate it it just goes from 0 to 3 volts essentially Okay okay so, yeah, but not all of our expression controls work that way. They're not all CV. Okay, so it's it's okay. So it's, it's,
1: okay. So it's not a it's not, it's not a, not yes, a or no. yes or no. It's kind of dependent on the pedal. Yeah, it's dependent on. I the figured pedal. I would just attenuate before I I tried <laughs> anything, but then I would, I would just ask him first. So yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's take a look at some Recovery Effects modules. Um, I've got the oscilloscape, which is like a bass drum slash bass line uh, synthesizer, and then I'm going to be using the Divkid Mutes to split that signal and put one of the outputs into the Bad Comrade from Recovery Effects and one into the Cutting Room Floor from Recovery Effects. Um, I'm going to be using this right now primarily as kind of a uh, just a bass drum and then show you how you can make a glitchy little beat out of it. So let's check out this dry signal. Simple enough, but let's see what happens when we put this into the Bad Comrade. So the Bad Comrade is like a glitch, delay, fuzz, and right now I've got the delay and glitch parameters all the way down, but let's see what happens when we start turning those up. Now there's f- the freeze button right here again. So very playable module. Um, Now let's bring the third uh, input from the mutes into the cutting room floor. So you can see how just a simple kick drum is now a little bit more of a, a full percussive piece. Now let's plug a really fast LFO into the CVN of the Bad Comrade. mess with that uh, LFO time, mess with the delay and glitch knobs, (laughs) that's the freeze knob, freeze knob behaves very very interestingly when you've got the CV uh, input engaged with an LFO, let's see what happens when we put that same LFO into the CVN of the cutting room floor. Now let's turn the flutter and wow from the cutting room floor up. It kind of adds a little bit of weird glitchy. And you're going to hear the character of these two uh, effects modules change pretty drastically. There, take the CV out. Now I'm going to um, I'm going to bring the contour knob of the uh, oscilloscape up, and that's going to add a little bit of more release time to the to the kick drum and take it more out of a kick drum into uh, like a bass line. let's put that LFO back into the CV of the bad comma. Now, this is going to get a little weird, but I'm going to plug a sequence into the fundamental, and it's going to change pretty drastically here. So the fundamental input of the oscilloscope with a voltage block sequence. Here we go. just uh this is what it sounds like without the recovery uh bad comrade or cutting room floor so now it's kind of like a, a bouncy oh what that was a glitch that was some weird power thing but that sounded pretty cool i'll leave that in but uh now i'll bring this contour knob up again some really cool sounds and let's bring that cutting room floor in and now the bad comrade again Messing with the condor knob now manly, manually. And we'll take that sequence back out. So yeah, go check out recoveryeffects.com. Um, they also have the cutting room floor and bad comrade in pedal form. So that's pretty fun. And, uh, they just released a new base, uh, fuzz module called Pearl, which is also available in pedal form. And they've got some other really cool stuff coming up very soon. So keep an eye out for that. how did you how did you get a uh, um get Lisa Belladonna on board as kind of like a, a product specialist or brand ambassador because she's phenomenal and i think uh she does really good stuff with what you guys make
3: she has been a friend i mean i met her in like the mid nineties and uh just always a genius musician like mhm-. The you know next
2: level yeah
3: really like that, that's even like putting it mild like I don't understand the way that she thinks at all like it's <laughs> some like real out there I don't know like, she
2: is music yeah
3: kind of yeah <laughs> really yeah like, I don't know anybody who's more in tune I think with yeah. like music than she is and uh can yes. can really do anything. Yeah.
2: So we've known her like forever, 20 years, her bands played with Jamie's bands Mm -hmm. and always found her to be wonderful, wonderful hang, you know, yeah. but, Mm -hmm. um, I remember we did a NAM, a NAM or two without Lisa Yeah, and we were like, you know, I really feel like we're missing something and we should bring somebody that, you know, doesn't have quite the connection that we have to the pedals in the business sense that mm-hmm. can just come and just use them. And mm-hmm. um she was so good at it. Yeah. Now, and now we take her like everywhere because it's so great. Yeah. Um,
3: and she, she's really good at like kind of reading a person's vibe and, you uh-huh. know, play into whatever it is that like they, you know, that they might be interested in. And and you know, a lot of us, like, you know, me personally, if I were to take me, it's like I got a very specific thing. You want some sort of like punk rocked version of metal? Yeah, I could do that. <laughs> you want some uh-huh. real dissonant, notey stuff? Yeah, I'll do that. But like, if you want just a standard rock riff, yeah, nope, I, I don't. I can't do it. You want to hear what a solo sounds like? Can't do it. You want someone to like reference some ups, You know, like a zap record, like a specific <laughs> uh-huh. solo on like some you know record no one's ever heard of yeah she knows it and she'll go for it with that so and then can talk to these people in a way that they kind of get sucked into it like so from like a demo artist perspective i mean i again like there's really nobody else oh yeah she's
2: so amazing i love she does this thing she washes the room yeah (laughs) is what she calls it like when she first you know starts doing something she washes the room and it you can tell you mm-hmm. can tell she did it. Yeah, there was <laughs> a. I think it was
3: the first NAM that she came to, like at the end of Nam. Is, uh, you know, this is kind of like I feel like when we all were like, yeah, she needs to come to everything. Uh got real ripped at the end of Nam in our hotel, Lemon Pepper <laughs> Pepper Tree, whatever it was. Lemon Pepper Hotel. Hotel Lemon Pepper, uh, <laughs> and she was explaining like when she first got her ARP. That you know she would go lay in a field and listen to the trees and the distance and the way the grass sounded in her ears, and like write all this stuff down and these calculations and these graphs, and then like go home and remake the sounds on the arp, but the way oh she' explaining <laughs> it like you know it'll suck you in you're like mm-hmm. you're, uh-huh. you're thinking about stuff oh, in a way yeah. that nobody else could ever of it really mm-hmm. you know
1: yeah I, I really I really look up to her as as a musician and um, you know she she was on the show and yeah. it was is uh, mm-hmm. a fan favorite I've I've had so many people uh, write in or if I'm standing around with a couple people who have listened to the show and somebody else is like what's a good episode to start with like a lot of people say check out Lisa Belladonna's episode um, oh that's so awesome and, mm-hmm.
2: thank you so much for having her on
1: oh yeah it was it was great um, and it's it's funny we're like we're like internet buddies now, like we'll message, you know, like message each uh, other, like, yeah. you, know, sh- you know, share stuff and it's cool. Um, I, but I kind of, I look I look up to her because my buddy Greg, who has uh recovery effects. I'm kind of like the, the Lisa Belladonna of recovery, but I'm not nearly as talented, but, <laughs> but Greg has me do it for the same reason that you guys, you guys have to do it. Cause he's, he's just like, he's too close to the design aspect of it. And he yeah. likes the way that I can show people how to use it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. So like watching her do all your stuff, I'm kind of like, oh man, it's, it's funny to have like a, a, an a idol at 35 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: think
3: it's, I mean, you're never too old for that really. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. She is magic. She is incredible.
3: Yeah. And, uh, she, she,
1: yeah, she, I think she helped me, uh, get a hold of you guys to do this. So mm-hmm. that, awesome. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And um you know we're we're getting kind of close on time and uh I don't I really appreciate your time. I know you guys are really busy. But is there anything kind of in parting that you want to to shout from the the modular mountaintops? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um I think modular folks are such sweethearts. I like yeah. how you guys look at everything and Um, think about things differently than like guitar players do. I'm a little Mm -hmm. bored of guitar players, to be honest with you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That has been one thing that a lot, and and my listeners are going to be like, God, he's going on again, but it, just about everybody I've talked to from, you know, just different parts of the world through this show and everything, they all they all say that the same thing, that the, the community is just so open and accepting. And it's it's one of the first, you know, mm-hmm. this is the first musical community that I've ever been in where there's not a lot of like, you know, kind of weird, like sizing people up and, yeah. and talking shit. And uh, I'm I'm hoping that doesn't change as it increases in popularity. But, yeah, yeah. there is something weird about that.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, you know from what little i know about it like it it's ex- like the designers anyway it's extremely creative like people are doing stuff that i would never think of in a million years and then you see it and you are like wow that's amazing like why hadn't anybody come up with that you know uh-huh. since the <laughs> dawn of electronics why hadn't that existed and there seems to be well, so much of that happening right now
1: yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, I think it's, it's such a, it's such a new way to do, I mean, I know it mm-hmm. existed in the, you know, late sixties and seventies and stuff, but like right. this resurgence is, is definitely, it's, it's just, it's just different. And but yeah. the digital thing, combining
3: digital and analog to, I don't know. Yeah. yeah it seems like we've just arrived. Yeah. And that is kind of the answer why is, you know, of the digital and like how, how much more accessible it's, it's been, um, mm-hmm. People are, have just been making some really cool modules. Yeah.
1: Well, and I want people to try to use their modules with Earthquaker devices because I think they, uh, they're such a good pairing and I do demos on the show. And, uh, mm-hmm. since I just recently got, there's a company in, um, in Portland called AI synthesis and he mm-hmm. just made a stomp box adapter. So now I oh, can cool. use my pedals. So, um, when I do demos on the show, I usually use the, the transmitter and Afterneath, and um, yeah. I'm I'm spreading the good word. Uh, That's I so awesome. Think it's what's great that
2: stuff. What's that adapter called?
1: It's uh it's the AI006 stompbox adapter. Um cool. and the DIY kits, I think he sells them completed and they're 2HP so they're very small. Mhm. Um so it doesn't take up too much space. I've got two of them so I can have kind of two different pedal configurations. So
2: That's super cool. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so I feel like, oh, and I just, uh, I got to say, um, that one of the, uh, one of the kind of the, the higher points in my artistic career lately was, uh, getting added to your guys's art, uh, artist program. So,
2: oh yeah. Mm.
1: Thank you. Welcome. That's just like, that was a, that was a big deal for me. So it, it means a lot to have that and, and to have talked to you guys. So, well, welcome
2: thanks. to our stable of artists and thank you so much for having us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well i gotta get some more stuff i'm thinking the depths i think would work really well with uh with this stuff so i think that's the next one on the list yeah that that data corruptor seems so fucking cool too so i don't don't know
2: well if you ever just want to call up our shop number um you could talk to any one of four adorable nerds that would love to talk you through yeah all of the nuances of all of the pedals through modular rigs
3: yeah those are all the oh. all those
2: people and it's and their job to do that yeah. oh that's cool yeah that's awesome
3: yeah, yeah. definitely take, ben, take carl josh that. or jp they yeah. will any one of them will answer the phone when you call yeah and be able to talk to you for the next month about running <laughs> their sins through pedals right on <laughs> is is that
1: something that's on your site or, or is that um were you talking to me or to everyone <laughs> I don't want to be like, yeah, mostly to, to call you,
2: but also um, anybody can call us.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Look us up on well, LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: Let us tell you what Bluetooth can do for you.
1: I was going to say, that's the secret to to the earthquake or success is you guys took full advantage of LinkedIn. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you guys, this has been a real joy. Um, and I, I hope, I hope you guys didn't have to answer too many questions. I know you've been interviewed a lot and I was, Hoping that to
3: not have it be too boring for you guys, but no, uh, this was yeah, great. Was really Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks and for not asking me about the Dod two fifty. Yeah, I, I heard you're, you. Well, I
1: listened to both of you guys on the uh, the Tone Mob podcast, and I was like, well, I can't. I don't. I can just tell the listeners if they want the the full story, go go listen to that. <laughs> you know, <it's>, like, <laughs> great episodes too. So, um, okay, so what we usually do is uh, at the end is I I draw a random adjective and a random noun and then i give the guest 15 minutes to build a patch inspired by that mm-hmm. but you and i jamie talked a little bit <laughs> beforehand about yeah. you maybe doing something on a guitar yeah um with your with some pedals and stuff so i've got your words for you and i think they're they kind of fit uh the earthquaker uh kind of world and the, the adjective is optical and the noun is ghost
3: optical ghost optical ghost yeah Ooh. Spooky, <laughs> yeah. Very, uh, so,
0: what's
3: the word for it? Spruches, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, I really look forward <laughs> to listening to that. And um, where can people go to uh, to find all their Earthquaker needs?
2: www.earthquakerdevices.com.
1: Okay, and it's just <laughs> uh, Earthquaker Devices on Instagram as well,
2: I believe. It's uh. Earthquaker Dev.
1: Oh, okay. Earthquaker
2: dev. Can't win them all. Or Earthquaker JP for Earthquaker news in Japanese. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
3: Actually, I recommend going to Earthquaker JP and translating it.
2: Yeah. It's so funny.
3: Because it's... (laughs) It's much better.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I'm gonna check that out. Oh shit! That reminds me. I was I was gonna ask about how you guys got hooked up with Boris, but maybe maybe that's a, a t- conversation fate. for another time. Yeah. Once you know,
2: again, it's, fate. It's down. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got some you got that's so many
1: cool fun. cool artists. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on there. But <laughs> 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 right on. Well, thank you guys, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna stop recording now, and. Uh, All right, buckle up for Jamie Stillman's Optical Ghost. How about that? That's uh that was an interesting take on a patch challenge. Um and uh Jamie sent along um a video of that and uh some pictures of the setup that he used. So I'll be uh, I'll be sharing those on the Instagram page when I start promoting this episode. Um so if you're an early morning listener, uh just be on the lookout for that. I'll post it later on in the day. And uh yeah. What a what a great talk! I can't believe I finally got to talk to him. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did, and um, be sure to check out all their amazing effects. They uh, they're really they're really doing some cool, unique stuff. Also, don't forget to check out Pittsburgh Modular, that, the Microvolt three thousand nine hundred. I'm not just saying this because they're sponsoring the episode. It is um, it has been a huge improvement to my system. It's really opened up a lot of. Uh, sonic options that filter is amazing i love i love the the different waveforms um also check out recovery effects keep an eye out on what they're uh, what they're doing be with their effects pedals and their modules and um speaking of effects pe- pedals and modules ai synthesis has the uh, ai 006 stomp box adapter so if you want to use your modular system with your Earthquaker devices or your recovery devices or whatever, uh, pedals you like to use, check their stuff out. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week.